Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Okay, really quick, before we get to the Coasties, which is our normal end-of-the-year award show, we have some fun and talk about the season that just happened. We have to talk about the fact that the team that we started this whole podcast for, the reason the three of us got together and said, let's talk about some football, we got a hometown team three years ago in the St. Louis Rams moving to Los Angeles, and they were terrible. They were an awful, no good, very bad team. Fired their head coach mid-season, the first season we covered them. And now we sit here ready to record not only the Coasties, but in the future a Super Bowl show breaking down the Los Angeles Rams versus the New England Patriots. I wanted to talk before we get into the fun of the Coasties and just sort of a cold open of the show because we're not going to break down the AFC and NFC championship games. You've heard various uh, uh, viewpoints on why those games happened the way they did, but we're just going to talk. I want to open it up to Brian first. This is Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, the Left Coasters podcast. Brian, as a fan of a team who has never reached the Super Bowl, not once in the history of their organization. You now brought a new team, a team that you're going to root for, just watch on Sundays and start to love. The past three years you've watched these Rams play. Now you finally get to root for a team in the Super Bowl. How do you feel? I don't feel like myself. (laughs) I don't know what this feeling is. This... Almost nervous excitement uh-huh. for this upcoming game to the point where I don't know how I'm going to feel afterwards. Like, right. if they lose, I'll be crushed. Yeah. If they win, I will officially be living in a Super Bowl city for the yeah. first time in my life Absolutely. and rooting for a team There'll that be is a parade. Yeah, I I will have a choice to go to a parade. Exactly. I mean, it's it's the mind can't comprehend it at this point but no i mean seriously i think it's fantastic and i and i really truly think the most amazing thing about having been a lions fan my ent- my entire life and now being in a city like los angeles with the, with the los angeles rams it's a team that i not only have a great deal of respect for i actually love them yeah. in terms of the the makeup of the players yeah. i think Sean McVay is every bit of a reason to be excited mm-hmm. as a, as an angelino for the years to come not just this year um do i think we've got a bill belichick on our hands very possibly if there's anybody in this league right now who, who instills that kind of excitement in me that there could be a dynasty on the way uh with the with the makeup of this team it, it, it's a sign of things to come it's it's Sean McVay. Yep. so i i'm more excited that I have a team to invest my time and energy into that's Absolutely. not going to completely slap me in the face for liking them. And I and I think the front office is fantastic. They've made great choices. Ownership stays out of the way. And we're about to get a, a new fucking stadium. And so, isn't, it, isn't it crazy that this feeling is, is as genuine as it is? Like, you know, oh, we're yeah. on a show for this. We decided to do this show and jokingly rooted for the Rams. Now we're in it. 
now I, I don't know about you, but I am in it. Yeah. And it's tough for me because I, as everyone knows, was born and raised in Boston. I don't love the New England Patriots, but they are my father's team, and I do root for them to be successful. I love Tom Brady's stats and how godlike he is. But now he's going up against a team that I genuinely had fun rooting for. That yeah, I, genuinely I can imagine it's conflicting, about. right? And now it's the Rams versus the Patriots. The fact that I get to cover a team that's in the Super Bowl is insane. Yeah. Dangles, you are a diehard New England Patriots fan. The second team on your radar had to be the Rams as we joined this show and three years ago decided to make it your hometown team. Now you have your two semi-babies facing each other in the biggest game of the year, the end-all, be-all. I know you were rooting for New England. I know you want to see Tom Brady succeed, but will a little piece of you be excited if Jared Goff lifts his first Lombardi trophy? Of course. I mean, I, I, I'm part of this podcast. I've rooted for the Rams. I've watched games. I've gone and, and you know, gotten as invested in this team uh, as, as you all have, because that's the point of the podcast is that we all have our hometown teams mm-hmm. and that our passion for those teams will never die uh, and we'll never change how we feel about those. But we got gifted a team and not everybody gets to say they live in a city where that happened. And so, so yeah, of course I'm conflicted. Like I'll be part of me will be rooting for the Rams on on Sunday it's and crazy. and hoping for their success. Of course I want to see Tom Brady and Belichick win number six. Yeah. But 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 I'm also it would be great to see Sean McVay in that big ear to ear smile get up on that that dais afterward and hold that fucking thing up, man. Like, I mean, that would just be incredible to watch. At 33 years old and to see Jared Goff do it after the 7-9 and bullshit year. And (laughs) seriously, though, we do do talk a lot of crap about Jeff Fisher. We should give a nod to the fact that there are a bunch of players on this team that he drafted. And I... I, I don't know that it means that he should get a Super Bowl ring if they no, win, but no. but Jeff Fisher, it, you cannot you cannot deny the fact that he does have a hand in the makeup of this roster and that and that it might not be the way it is if he wasn't the coach, good or bad. Less need, I, I think, has got more, more. Maybe it was less need pulling all the strings. I don't know. You'd, All I'm saying is Jeff Fisher was coached that team for a long time. He put guys on that team like Michael Brockers, Johnny Hecker, Greg Zerline, Aaron Donald. This face turn by Dangle. No, it's not Jeff a face Fisher. turn. I'm just I'm simply it's pointing a simple out facts. Nod. It's I'm a pointing simple out nod. I'm pointing out facts. I have said nothing other than he had a hand in putting a lot of this team on that is in the Super Bowl now on the field. I still think he's the human equivalent of gas station sushi. But but he did have a hand in building this roster. I wonder where he will be come Super Bowl week. I'm sure he's going to make an appearance somewhere, but we will have Floating a Floating on a canoe out. in a lake in Montana, <laughs> deciding whether or not he should just fall in. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We will have a full Super Bowl show with all three of us and various guests calling in to talk about the biggest, the granddaddy of them all. The Rams are in the Super Bowl. They are not facing the Chargers, but rather the evil empire of the New England Patriots. It's going to be a great game, and we will break it down the only way we know how, and that will be next week in our Super Bowl special. But now we have the Left Coasters Award Show, the Coasties, the second annual Coasties, where we give out awards for the whole entire regular season and all the fun that we had during it. But before we get there, folks, we have a small message, and then on the other side of this, we will have the second annual Coasties. Left Coasters. (laughs) 
And welcome everyone to the second annual Coasties, the Left Coasters Awards are back in Pasadena. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. And we are here to break down the awards from this year's regular season, the 2019 season. And we voted on all these awards individually, we coagulated all the votes, and now we have the winners. It is exactly what you need to know. Don't listen to who the Associated Press gives all these awards to. The Coasties are where it's at. And we are going to start out with exactly what we started out with last year, gentlemen, and that is Comeback Player of the Year. A very big award. Very, very big award. And let's get in right now. The nominees for Comeback Player of the Year are J.J. Watt, Houston Texans, Andrew Luck, Indianapolis Colts, Adrian Peterson of the Washington Redskins, and Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. That's right, folks. Two Texans on the Comeback Player of the Year award. And your winner is our first unanimous victor, Andrew the Giant Luck, Comeback Player of the Year. Very impressive. I like And well-deserved, I think. I think so. A unanimous victor. Not many unanimous victors of the past in the, in the Coasties, but he's one of them, and I, I think it's well-deserved, unbelievably so. Well, I think it's fantastic that there was this time last year where people were talking about him not coming back, and we were going to be stuck with Jacoby Brissett, which wouldn't have been a terrible thing, but the, the NFL would have lost itself one of maybe the hottest hands in the league by the yes. end of the season. Absolutely. I'm so happy he's back. We were saying it all year. I'm so happy Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck again. Last year's winner was Case Keenum, also a unanimous Unanimous decision to be comeback player of the year. QBs, you got it if you're a QB. Case, Case wait, seriously, we picked Case. Case I guess he unanimously had, he had him. He had him. He was the year. deserving well, you know, of he that. Was, he was deserving of, of it last year. I mean, and Andrew Andrew Luck certainly uh, certainly had himself a year this year. Four thousand five hundred and ninety three total yards. That's second, good for fifth in the league. Second most touchdowns thrown in the league. Second to only Pat Mahomes. And this guy's coming off a of shoulder surgery. As Brian said, we didn't know if he was going to play again. And let's also throw in there that he was coming with a rookie head coach yeah yeah and 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 very little rushing attack new offense yeah and no rushing attack but you know obviously improved uh, offensive line much improved offensive line thanks to they re-signed jack newhort and obviously drafting quentin nelson is a big deal for them but we'll you know i I think that's a very well-deserved uh uh nomination now all all the players were as well because jj watt i mean this is a guy who over the last couple of years maybe played like seven or eight games over the last two seasons for him to come back and have what 16 sacks i think it was or 16 and a half this year incredible Incredibly impressive. See, uh, you were the conference. Must have been the conference because Aaron Donald led the, led the oh, league. Oh, excuse I, me. I, I put uh, Adrian Peterson on the list, and you two did not. I was a little bit. He disappointed was my. He was that. my. He was my like right on the outside yeah. of the bubble, looking in fourth. Uh, fourth. You didn't pick. think so, Brad guy? No, I mean he's a great running back. He did a great job. I don't know if comeback player. Okay. The guy never left. Really, I mean he's, I, he's like the I, oldest I, guy to have a ninety-yard run. He, yeah. he like he. Yeah. I don't he think he ever a, like lost. I mean he might not have been great as he was, but he never failed. I think the the shocking thing was that it was his you know. One year with Washington. Yeah, exactly. It was year one with Washington. But yeah, Andrew Luck, Andrew the Giant Luck, led his team to the divisional round. The Indianapolis Colts made the divisional round thanks to him, and you're exactly right, a head coach that might make an appearance later. Indianapolis got a couple of nominations this year. I just want to say, Indiana, good year a good for year. A good year. Uh, let's go to the next award. Next, we have the Best Free Agent Signing. I love this Best award. Best free this award. agent signing. Personal uh, favorite. Before you go, last year's winner. Can you guess who last year's winner was? It was Calias Campbell of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will tell you right now, no Jaguar made this list. Next. No, I did not vote for a single <laughs> Jaguar player, coach, or executive during the course of the Coasties. <laughs> not, not one bit. 
Well, leading this uh, best free agent signing uh, will be Eric Ebron of Indianapolis. Okay. Kyle Fuller, Chicago Bears. Interesting. Philip Lindsay, Denver Bronco. Yep. Mike Pouncey, Los Angeles Chargers. Yep, like that, like that. Those are four good names. So, best free agent signing is Eric Ebron. Wow. Indianapolis Colts. Wow. The former Detroit Lions. Yeah. In one year... Proves himself to be a wrecking ball at the tight end position. Unbelievable. Thank you very much. Unbelievable. Only one man in the NFL had more touchdowns this year than Eric Ebron, yeah. Antonio Brown. That's yeah. it. He had the second most touchdowns out of anyone now, in the NFL. Now, Brian, we asked you in the beginning of this podcast how you felt about the Rams being a successful team and your Lions not being. How do you feel about Ebron being successful as soon as he left Detroit? It's a it, it's a painful it's a painful head shake. You know, it's that <laughs> it's that it's like watching your rival do well but you can't be mad about it because your uh-huh. team was the one that screwed it all up. Yeah. You know, you were yeah, yeah, clearly yeah. he needed a change of scenery. Oh, I, mean, 100%. I don't think there's any question. I mean, this is a guy who got literally bounced. They couldn't send him out of Detroit fast enough because he kept dropping so and, many and balls. And it raises more questions than answers about this organization. But you know what? I'm happy for the young man because there was one thing he had in in, the, in Detroit that people loved, and that was a genuine you know, earnest willingness to be a really great player. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just, did, you know, he tried too hard, I think, a little bit. But he got a clean start, and he and he did so with a great quarterback like Andrew Luck, a, a mastermind in, in Frank Reich. And I think this guy is going to be continue. I mean, he's a young player. He's only, yeah. oh, he's he's only very young. He's only like 27 he's or 28 years he's old. He's entering his prime. And if you remember correctly, this gentleman was actually one of the poster boys for the NFL uh, for the Detroit Lions. Like, mm-hmm. if there was ever a 32, you know, man composite, one player on each team, he was the guy for many years. Yeah. So it's 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 good to see that he's back. Some, uh, sometimes you need to change the scenery. Yep. So we sometimes had our first we had our first Los Angeles nominee on the uh, show up in the uh, nominees. We did. Here I loved in, uh, having in Mike on Pouncey. Yep. Did you did you nominate him as well? He uh, was my he was one of my nominees. Uh yeah. He he, he was all did, of our nominees. He actually did oh. really well for us. He actually did really well for us. I mean, we cannot let uh, uh, the world know what the actual voting total came out no, to be. No, of course. There was one winner and one winner only, but hey, Pouncey was close. Well, and you know, it was I, I saw a stat that kind of pushed me over the edge on him because I was I was I was looking at it. In the four years prior to Pouncey's signing, the Chargers averaged 91.09 rush yards per game and 3.63 a carry. In 2018, the Chargers averaged 117.06 rush yards per game and 4.69 per carry. Not that he's one man on a five-man line, but Melvin Gordon has said in the past that Mike Pouncey's a big reason why they yeah. had so much success. Yes. Forrest Lamb being healthy this year is a big yes. deal. Obviously, the whole offensive line did an excellent. I mean, it's why Philip Rivers had such a great. Well, part of the reason why Philip Rivers had such a great season. Yes, but I don't think his his influence can be overlooked. And I saw that stat. And I was like, wow, twenty. They just twenty yards, and they just added you know, him as center. You know, it was the best stat for Mike Pouncey that I looked up, and the reason why he was dead set on making this list: uh, sixteen games played, sixteen games started. That was that's the big huge for your starting for center. And there's yeah. also a reason why he's going to the Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, next to his brother. Oh, that's cool. They're they're that the two, cool. they're the two centers for the AFC. Marquise mm. Pouncey. Marquise, Marquise Pouncey, that's right. Yeah. So like that's that. a fun that's a fun little tidbit there. And and let's like give a slight nod here to to the to one of the uh runners up, but Kyle Fuller, Chicago Bear. I, I'm surprised Phil Lindsay didn't win this award. Yeah, me too. I uh Just say. I, I also am. I mean he was I mean, yeah, he was a close. Is there close a reason, second. Brian, you left Phil Lindsay off your ballot? Yeah, because I didn't 
try, quite truly think of him as a free agent. Right. I thought I know he was a non non drafted free agent out yeah, of this yeah, year's yeah. draft. Uh, I didn't place him in that in that category for this particular reason. I mean, because we, I felt like he was a, a free agent being coming from one team going to another. Philip Lindsay, the first snub of the coach. If we want to be really picky, <laughs> we should be saying that Drew Brees was free agent acquisition of the year because he technically didn't have a contract coming into this year. Oh boy! So he was wow. a free. He was if you really yeah, want to get technical. If you really want to get technical. He probably was the best free agent so signing that happened. <laughs> Maybe there Eric, needs to be more, more more rules and explanations with the uh, ballots next year. Eric Ebron, the second cult to take home an award. Let's move on to the third. All right. Uh, the third award we have tonight is Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. This should be fun. I'm very excited to I'm see how very this excited. pans out. Uh, and the nominees are Leighton Vander Esch, inside linebacker, Dallas Cowboys. All right, Leighton. Out of Boise State. Big, big crowd Derwin James. Yes. Strong safety, Los Angeles Chargers. Woo, from Chargers. Florida State. I like that. Bradley Chubb. Okay. Edge rusher from the Denver Broncos. All right. And Darius Leonard, who led the NFL in tackles in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Linebacker mm-hmm. for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Coastie goes to. This is a tough one. There's a lot of good names. Could be three. Could be three Colts. In a unanimous decision, yep. it is Darius Leonard, yep. linebacker wow. for the Indianapolis wow. Colts. The rich get richer. Indy. Now, last year... Sweeping uh, the coasties. Last year, this, this award was won by Marcus Lattimore of the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans and the Los Angeles Rams tied for the most awards last year. Uh, they both had three. Indy's already tied them with three. The first three awards are Indianapolis Colts. What makes Indy the uh, the Lord of the Rings Return of the King of the uh, teams this year? Because as as these players got better, because remember they, they did not start well. No. If I if I recall, they were they were one of the first teams I killed. They yeah. they were doing very poorly at the beginning of the year, but as all of these players, especially especially Leonard. The better they played throughout the year, the whole team got better around yep. them. They were the co- key focal points that allowed this team to to make it as far as they did. And I tell you what, the future is bright, especially Absolutely. because of this young this man. This guy's phenomenal. He's, Darius Leonard is phenomenal. The story behind him is also phenomenal. A terrible upbringing, like a really rough past that was documented big time as he got bigger and bigger this year. Second round pick. Uh, no one thought he was you know fast enough or this, that, or not. South Carolina he State. is everywhere on the football field when it comes to defense making every tackle he made sacks interceptions fumble recoveries he was the man of the hour every time that defense was on the field dangles you had him first as well what made you choose Darius Leonard over the others I mean I, I you know and I'll preface this by saying I don't think this is actually how it's going to shake out I think Derwin James wins the actual defensive no rookie chance. of the year award no absolutely no chance. absolutely they're not going to give it to Darius Leonard you don't no lead way. the league in tackles and not get I that still award. I still don't think I still I still think he, that I, I just I don't know I, my gut says Derwin right. James is going to win this award Anyway, um, I, I, I the leading the leading league in tackles in your rookie year, you can't you just can't overlook that. He, he was uh, he led by 19 uh-huh. over the next closest guy who was Blake Martinez of the Green Bay Packers, who had 143. He was far and away, you know, the most steady linebacker and bringing guys down and being and and I bet you, I mean, going into the season, I probably couldn't have told you another guy on the a starter on the uh, Indianapolis nope. Colts defense. Absolutely. The average football fan probably still couldn't tell you, yeah. you know, the name of a starter on on the Indianapolis Colts 
Colts defense. But he gave them a name. He he added a little extra. I think I think the Colts were probably just expecting to get by mostly on their offense because you know a bunch of teams do that this year. You're good enough on offense, you don't have to do a whole lot on defense. The Chiefs, but yeah, um, the Chiefs. and they got they they got an you know an excellent surprise in second rounder Darius Leonard. So for me for me personally, you know he's he's the defensive rookie of the year. But I think Derwin James wins it in real life. Okay, okay. Well, that's why you listen to the Coasties instead of watching the award show from the NFL because we give you the people who should win the award. And Darius Leonard becomes the third Colt to take home an award at these Coasties. Let's move on to the fourth award. This one, a Colt cannot win because it is best Los Angelino. This is the award for the best player that embodies what it is to be in, uh, from Los Angeles in Los Angeles is either a Ram or a Charger, and the nominees are three Rams and only one Charger this year. Only one Charger this year. I mean, Super Bowl team. You can't really beat out the Super Bowl team, but the nominees are Mr. Todd Gurley, who is the defending champion of the best Los Angelino. Next, we have Aaron Donald, also of the Los Angeles Rams. We have Phil Rivers as the lone charger. And we have Mr. Jared Goff of the Los Angeles Rams. And the winner is the big man, Aaron Donald, is your number one Los Angelino. It's the right pick. Absolutely. It's the right pick. Aaron Donald is the Merrill Streep of the Coasties, his third Coastie in two years. Congratulations, Aaron. Very, very well deserved. And I, I, I have a feeling, you know, that his name's going to come up again later on in this conversation. He's killing and I'll say it again then, and I'll say it now. To have 20 and a half sacks as an interior lineman Insane. is just not fair. Now, what, <laughs> what makes him, though, Dangles and Angelino? Why him versus everyone else? Uh, you had a couple of interesting people on there. Michael Badgley also got a nomination. Yes, Michael but... Badgley got a nomination because the Chargers have not been able to find a solid kicker forever. <laughs> and I think the fact that they literally that that was almost their lone, like, the thing that kept them out of the playoffs yep. uh, last season. Yep. And for them to find a kicker was a big deal. No, but for me, Aaron Donald, I mean, he clearly wanted to play here. This is a guy who spent two years trying to fight out a contract with this front office. He played without one last year or without the contract he wanted last year, and he still had a monster season. He was still a terror on the defensive front. And this year he finally gets his contract, and maybe, I mean, who knows, if if, if that wasn't him turning it on last year, then I'm like, I shudder to think what him it's actually turning, turning it on looks like. But he stuck around in Los Angeles. He clearly wanted to play here for this team, for this coach, and I, I got to respect that. I mean, Phil Rivers has been a, char- a charger for his whole career. He still lives in San Diego. Yeah, he's not a you know, Los but Angelino. he's not an Angelino is the thing. And so, even though the Chargers are the LA Chargers, I think that I respect Donald for sticking so, around. So, Brian, did Todd Gurley do anything to lose this award, or did Aaron Donald simply take over? I just don't think Aaron Donald ever let it go for me personally. Mm. I know it's more glamorous to give this award to offensive players, mm-hmm. but like Dangles pointed out, it's not just that he's prolific. He's like let's call this what it is this is a hall of fame career uh, yeah. oh yeah aaron donald Absolutely. is a, aaron donald's a future hall of famer i don't think you'd find too many people who will argue with that you, and 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 this might be the pinnacle of his career mm-hmm. truly i mean i don't know what the rest of this um I don't know what the rest of his tenure with the Rams is going to to unless he to, gets hurt, unless he gets severely injured, like well, to the point where he can't play anymore. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, let's just say, for example, the next two years of his career, he somehow manages to continue to to keep this up. This will be the beginning of that 
of that, you know, tenure because eventually this guy, I don't know, I've never seen a defensive tackle like this in my life. It's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't know if anybody else. He mauls people. I mean, there hasn't been a guy like him since basically since Reggie White, essentially. You know what I mean? He just, he just. Bill Belichick said this week he's unblockable. So does that embody what Los Angeles is? Is that why he's the Los Angelinos? He's going to be the big gorilla that can't be taken. Kind of. I don't know. I I, I don't know if the narrative's there, but it's certainly going to be the case where our kids are going to know who Aaron Donald is. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, again, it comes back to, like, he wanted to play here. He stuck around when he could have gone somewhere else, when he could have gotten paid right away. Mm -hmm. You know, he stuck around, and he worked out a con. And maybe there's more to it. I'm I'm obviously speculating on what might might not have kept him here, but I like to think that if he stuck around for that long, a guy of his caliber who could have gone to any other team who would have gladly shouted, like, here, shut up and take my money. Come play for us. You know, and the fact that he's still in a Los Angeles Ram today, to me, that says, you know, that he deserves the 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 Coasty for best Angelino. All right. He takes it. He takes it thanks to you guys. I had Todd Gurley first. I don't think he did much to lose it. But, hey, I'm fine with Aaron Donald representing the Los Angeles crowd. But let's move on to the next award. Congratulations, Aaron. Most Coasties out of anyone ever. Next we have Coach of the Year. Oh, big one. Big award. This Coach is a fun category. Sean, Mc, Sean McVay, year. defending champion. To start us off, we have Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears. Okay. Okay, okay. Frank Reich, Indianapolis Colts. Indy hot this year. Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I like that. And Sean McVay, yeah. Los Angeles Rams. Back to defend the title. This is a, those four names are big names for this award. This I like is going to be tough. Yep. And the winner mm-hmm. of the Coach of the Year award mm-hmm. is Frank Reich, Indianapolis wow. Colts. Wow. Congratulations, Frank. Very nice. Indy, take it home. Another award. Listen, I voted. To me, this was a two-horse race between Frank Wright and Matt Nagy. I think one of you had Matt Nagy first overall. But I have to say, for me, the team going into this year, people, some people out there thought Chicago could be a contender. No one thought they'd win the division. But they said they would be better than the three wins they had the year prior. This was a year on the way up. No one knew it was going to happen in Indy. No one thought, and people thought Indy could be the worst team in the league again. And instead, they made the playoffs and made it farther than those Chicago Bears. That's why, for me, I had to go with Frank. I, I was the one who went Matt Nagy, and, and Frank Reich was a, a strong consideration. Mm-hmm. It was was up there for me as as good as, as Frank Reich um, uh, is. I, I had an issue with one thing, and that was it was contingent on Andrew Luck coming back. Mm-hmm. What Matt Nagy did with Mitchell Trubisky, I think, is... I, I don't know if anybody saw that coming. Mm, like, it, no, it really, didn't. truly didn't. Matt, uh, Mitch Trubisky, if, for those people who are listening, is in the Pro Bowl. It's so stupid. Pro He's Bowl in the yeah, Derek Carr was in the Pro Bowl last year. Pro I don't Bowl's understand. I don't know. And I griped, I remember I griped about that last year. I don't understand. I was like, what the hell did he do? Yeah. As as hilarious as the Pro Bowl is from its selection process, and it's pretty hilarious. The fact that he made, but it the is fact still, that yeah. he was even yes. thought of as a yes. as a Pro Bowler goes to tell you what Matt Nagy did to make this team a legitimate team. Yeah, and, the, the and confidence he instilled in him was unbelievable. And and the incredible amount of talent. So that's that's what I think happened there for me. But you know what, Frank Rank truly, truly is a masterful uh, uh, magician because yeah. nobody saw that coming out of Indianapolis, as we've talked about. Well, and let's not a- forget that he was the cold sloppy seconds to Josh McDaniels, Crazy. who was that the makes coach it for, even the hot, more for a hot Crazy. second. Like, this isn't even a guy that the Colts wanted first nope. overall. Uh, let's move on to the next 
Award. Next, we have Offensive Rookie of the Year. I get to do another Rookie of the Year Award. These are fun. Congratulations. And we have the nominees are. Oh, hold on. Defending. uh, Oh, yes. Who is the defending? Oh, this was easy. I I was listening to this again, and I was like, of course he was defending. Also, a unanimous decision, Alvin Kamara. Oh, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, this year, um, looking at the nominees, it might be a little bit more tightly contested. Absolutely. The nominees for Offensive Rookie of the Year 2018 are Philip Lindsay, running back, Denver Broncos, an undrafted free agent, the Colorado story from Colorado, went to Colorado, plays in Denver. Baker Mayfield, first overall pick, quarterback, Cleveland Browns. Saquon Barkley, second overall pick, running back, New York Giants. What a list. Nick Chubb, running back for the Cleveland uh, Browns. And Quentin Nelson, let's not leave out the applause for Quentin Nelson. Offensive lineman, very underrated, as as he should, uh, guard for the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Okay. All right. So that I'm looking forward to this is. Yeah, we have some good nominees here. And the winner of the Coastie for Offensive Rookie of the Year is the man, the myth, the legend, Baker Baker, touchdown maker, <laughs> yes, sir. Baker Mayfield. Yes, sir. The number one overall pick, yes. planting his flag yes. in the Offensive yes. Rookie of the Year award firmly. You do you, Baker. Woke up feeling dangerous. I, I don't think deservedly so. I don't think we need to, to put any more uh, anala- analysis into this thought other than what he did for Cleveland. It's a the culture change. The city of Cleveland is going to nominate this guy for eternal mayor yeah. if he puts this team in any contention next year. He's, uh, he's such an annoying twerp, and he is the leader in Cleveland. It's amazing. Like he, if you are, I could fully understand you not being a fan of Baker. He can rub people the wrong way, but if you're on his side, he's the cock of the walk, man. He is like a, a WWE superstar in real life. He just talks and talks and talks and backs it up on the football field. He completely changed that team, invigorated them. And, and I think it's his genetic makeup – Plus, let's let's give his skill set a lot of credit. Remember, he was not getting a lot of love from the from the scouts going nope. into the uh, to the draft. People nope. said he it was too small. He didn't have a, you know the best arm. He was a he was a system quarterback. Whatever. This kid didn't give a fuck. Nope. Ran into that that stadium. You know, full of full of loud, crazy, frothy fans who who wanted nothing to but just just improvement. And he Ooh, gave yeah. and he gave him. A really solid. Did was it? Were they a winning record by the end of the season? Close. They they had I, to beat Baltimore to get it. It was a winning record it. from a Cleveland Browns perspective. Correct. For Correct. sure. Correct. Absolutely. And Baker himself has a winning record as a quarterback because some of those losses were T-Mobiles. But uh, we didn't give a GM of the year award. We don't do that at the Coasties. But my pick would be John Dorsey of the Cleveland Browns, not only for making the Baker pick, which was uh, when it happened, was shocking. It was shocking that Baker went first and then also getting Denzel Ward right with the fourth overall pick. Pro Bowler. And making some of those free agent acquisitions. Some of them panned out. Some of them didn't. But that Baker pick was a ballsy pick. I, it worked. Uh, did you both have year. Baker as your offensive rookie of the Undeniably year? Undeniably so. I could not disagree with you more. Oh, my God. Saquon Barkley deserves that award, hands down. Why? What, what he did with that garbage offensive line to go for 2,000 yards from scrimmage, only two other rookies have ever done that in the history of the NFL. Edron James and Eric Dickerson. That's it. That's the company that he's in. He did this with a garbage offensive line. He did it with no passing game to back him up. He was half the Giants' fucking passing game with Odell Beckham missing all of those games. And the the way what he was able to do out of the backfield with a crap team that he had. Baker Mayfield only played like what? Eight games, something like that. No, we played more than more that. Than, was, was it more than that? More than that. He didn't, play, he didn't even play a full season. Uh, and I think he's still young, and he makes silly mistakes. And Saquon Barkley was just dominant in 
every single game mm. that he went out there for. Make so a case for I think I think Saquon Barkley uh, is was to his team much more. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you know. I don't know if I could say he was much more valuable than he Baker wasn't. Mayfield because because that might not necessarily. The be team true. had zero but wins the past two years but before the, Baker. The rookie of the year award. I think Saquon Barkley, for what he accomplished statistically, deserves that. If we're giving that award to the MVP of rookies, if that's what that award means, then there's no question it goes to Saquon Barkley. Well, uh, Dangles, the Coastie is in Baker's hands, and there's nothing you can do about it. The touchdown maker is taking it home. I love Saquon a lot. I think One B in my great. book. Baker. Dip- difference was the culture. That's now, uh, much Philip Lindsay got some love too. He had a great season. I love what Nick Chubb Crazy did. Crazy story, right? And then Quentin Nelson too. I mean, what a draft pick that guy was. He is an animal well, on the interior. And it was of the just, line. it was that, it was that sort of like final piece of the puzzle. It seems that got that, you know, that 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 offense, and and you know, that offensive line to where it needed to to be to be successful. Mm-hmm. So let's move on now. This is a tough, uh, tough award. Tough award because eight coaches were fired during the uh, end of the season until now. And so to win worst coach remaining, you have to be really bad. I had to think about this one. You have to be really I bad. Did, I did too. There's a reason why you guys are saying we had to think about, about it because we have the most nominees of any <laughs> award here tonight. A total of eight nominees here tonight Wow. for worst coach remaining. How is that possible when they're, oh, okay, no, I get it. You'll figure it out. And here we go. The coaches are Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers. Ron Rivera, Carolina Panthers. Matt Patricia, Detroit Lions. Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills. John Gruden, Oakland Raiders. Jason Garrett, Dallas Cowboys. Pat Shermer, the New York football Giants. And Doug Marone, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, it ran out. <laughs> and uh, it's okay because you can you can cue it up right now because the winner of the worst coach remaining. This was a tough one. We had to go to a tie special tiebreaker rules to figure this out. And the winner is Doug Marone of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, poor Doug. That's that's. I mean, doesn't surprise me one bit. However, that we selected him Syracuse. as a collective group. I was the only one to put him as my first overall, and uh, uh, I think it's. The no team was a bigger joke that still has their head coach in charge than the Jacksonville Jaguars. That team fell apart. The middle of the season never got it back together. It was an utter joke of a franchise, and I think someone's got to be held responsible, and that's Doug. And I think there's another reason why uh, another coach in a similar uh, position to him, uh, Mr. Tomlin from the Pittsburgh Steelers, was one of these uh, candidates because um, when you lose the locker room, and you lose the the will the the the, the power to control your team mm-hmm. and their behavior. You, you've lost everything at that point. And I think Doug Marone lost when 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 they started fighting and started getting ejected. Uh, Leonard Fournette got suspended. Yeah. Um. You know, got Pat, you got Jalen Ramsey yeah. just talking and talking and he talking. He never had control. He never had control of his team. And I think it doesn't matter how good of a locker room because this team for me had nothing but high hopes. Oh yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl. Uh, uh, appearance uh, preseason from yeah, my from my standpoint. A lot so, of people had them winning the division, making the AFC Championship. They were in the AFC Championship last year, and this year nothing. And he couldn't do anything with Blake Bortles. Somebody must have thought to themselves that I was going to that 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 Doug Marone thought that he could do something with with Blake they Bortles. Signed him, yeah, to a huge extension. And he, and and not only did he do nothing, he did worse than nothing. So now Doug Marone, we voted worst coach uh, remaining. He gets a coasty. His first coasty. Last year's winner of this award was fired dangles do you think the same fate holds true for Marone? 
Uh, if he doesn't get it together this season, I, I mean, I, th- I think so. I think they're probably going to move on and, and find another head coach. I think he probably gets one more year. Because I, 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 I think Doug Marone did try to stem the bleeding a little bit. I don't think mm-hmm. he let it run as, like, Mike Tomlin twice this year got beat by superstars on his team. Like, yeah, he you lost. Mike Tomlin on there. It was interesting. I did. And I know, I've gone to bat for him in past shows and, say, and, and saying why he shouldn't be fired. But, you know, I th- I've thought about it in, in, the, in the time since then and in the offseason. And I I think I think the fact that he got torched so badly by two of his prima donna overpaid superstars in Le'Veon Bell and to, and Antonio Brown and just the way that they you know kind of left the team and the the way that things have shaken out individually for each of doesn't them doesn't look good. No, it, it it doesn't, and and that just speaks to me of a guy who who is more either doesn't care to or isn't able to control the personalities and and earn the respect of the the egos that might be in your locker room. Because you're going to be dealing with these guys, and no matter w- where you're a head coach, there's always someone in the locker room who's an ego, who's maybe a bit of a head case. And Mike Tomlin, for some reason, just either can't or won't do anything about it. I got you. He's just has such a good record. He's been to he's been a victory Very Super Bowl so many winner. times. It's, I mean, it's you tough know. to put him down there. Brian, you had Pat Shermer as your number one overall. We have Giants fans who listen to the podcast. Why do you think Pat Shermer is the worst head coach remaining? Well, I think Pat Shermer is the worst coach remaining because I think truly he's got he had one of the most talented teams coming out of free agency. You think so? Or rather the the quarterback uh, the the, yeah, the, really? the head coaching free agency cycle. Re- recall, you know, teams like Detroit uh, Chicago, Indianapolis, um, we're all teams looking for a head coach last yeah, Arizona, year. Arizona, yeah. Arizona, the New York Giants uh, head coaching position vacancy was was widely taught, touted as the best position, as the best as the best head coaching opportunity because of the fact that they had so much talent on that team. Mm-hmm. And what did they get out of it? They, they're the fucking sixth pick in the draft. Yeah, it's a bad year. That's that that I mean that's that's worse mm-hmm. almost in my opinion because you showed me a you couldn't cultivate paint manning the way you thought you were going to come walking in and do. Uh secondly, you have Saquon Barkley now. Why why didn't that why didn't that translate to more wins against a very weak NFC East? I like that. I just think, you know, Eli Manning is a huge leash for that head coach. Once you get rid yeah. of Eli, you might be able to see who I he agree. is. I agree. I, I want to see what Pat Shermer can do with the quarterback. Dangles, but you have— managing Odell Beckham Jr. That's that's tough for anybody. Yeah. I, it, it, it is. And, I mean, I think, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, too, I think Alec Ogletree, who came over from the Rams, was supposed to be a much bigger deal for them. And he didn't really pan out. And they're great, they're great supposedly great secondary players. Didn't have a great season. They shipped off Snacks Harrison to the Lions, and he ended up— being like the one of the best interior linemen besides Aaron Donald in the league this year. And I'll quickly pose: if you if you um, offered up that the Giants were going to be in this position when they hired him, that would have been an utter failure. Oh yeah. I Are you that. gonna you're gonna I ask me about why Jason Garrett was on my list? Yeah, you were the only one to put a playoff coach as the number one worst coach remaining. I still remaining think he sucks as a coach. Is that a protest vote? No, I just think he stinks. I mean, yes, he got his team to the playoffs, but I I don't I don't know how much that was that belonged to him. He's the head. Coach I think of a he's an average team. coach. He's the I don't coach think he's of a not terrible only a playoff coach. team, a divisional winner. Yeah. Yeah, that, that a, a barely a barely a barely divisional winner that was going nowhere, and and sure they got they got a, a you know a, a an influx of whatever it was from the Amari Cooper trade because I think we can all agree that there was a Cowboys team before the, the Cooper trade, and then there's the Cowboys team after the Cooper trade, yeah, and that was the one that made the playoffs because the the one in the beginning like we were we were ready to kill off in gravestones. I feel you. I feel you. I killed I just, Dallas I just, too. I, I just, just, I just think Garrett, Jason Garrett stinks. I, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I just think he stinks. We could talk about that one for. 
for hours. But uh, Doug Marone, congratulations. You're next. Next, we have the worst free agent signing. I love this award. This award worst had a lot of nominees too. Free agent signing. Yeah, but worst. it did have a lot of free, a lot worst. Of, so who have we got? First worst. up, we have Cody Parker, Chicago Bears Cody kicker. Parker. Parker. Cody Parker. Parker. Excuse me. It's okay. He'll just uh, enjoy his off season with his smoke show of a wife. Oh, really? She's a total babe. Wow. Next, we've got Jimmy Graham, Green Bay Packers, tight end. That's a Tony nomination. I wonder who voted for him. Nate Solder, tackle, New England. New York Giants. No, New York Giants. Uh, excuse me. Somebody put New England. wonder who that was. Uh-huh. Price Waterhouse Cooper over here putting the <laughs> results together. Can't get his shit straight. Next, we've got A.J. McCarron, and it's just blank next to his name. Who no knows idea. what he's doing? Who AJ played I think for. he's with Oakland. Uh, I, I think he's for. Uh, I think he was, no he's idea. with Roundtree Auto Group in, yeah. New, in New England. <laughs> A.J. McCarron's on there. There's more nominations, though. Next, we've got Sam Bradford, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that's a big one. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota okay. quarterback. Harsh. Okay. The $84 million man. And a man who was uh, nominated and and won a a Kosi last year is on the bottom of this list, and that's Case Keenum, Denver. uh, We'll get to Case in a second, but who won this list? I knew you'd be mad about that nomination because you are such a sucker for Denver. Before we got there, the worst free agent uh, of last year is a man who I I don't even know if he played this year in the NFL, and it was Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt mm. surprised me as the worst free agent from last year. I think he year. might have been on the Patriots roster in like training camp, and then yeah. they cut him. He, well, you're absolutely right. That's so, the case. Let's see who, who wins is a big award. The winner of the worst free agent signing of 2018 is Kirk Cousins, quarterback. Vikings. Really? I had, wow. to, I had to delay that one because I was shocked. Eighty-four wow. million dollars guaranteed. I think Tony stuffed the ballot the box worst on this one. Free agent signing, unbelievable. I mean, here, let me tell he you. Didn't this. even make my list. This team was in the NFC Championship game last year. This team was plays away, a Case Keenum unlucky interception away from making the Super Bowl last year. And so, what did they do? They went out and they let Case Keenum walk, and they signed a guy who was supposed to take him to the promised land. The exact same team returned, and they added one person, the final piece of the puzzle and they gave him all three years of his contract guaranteed before he ever set foot into the stadium and that is Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings did Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings make the playoffs last time I checked no that is the worst free agent signing of the year then if you think the final piece of the puzzle to take you to the Super Bowl when you were this close to doing so we gave Doug Marone worst head coach of the year because same thing with Jacksonville they were so close yet so far this year Minnesota same deal you find the final piece of the puzzle and he doesn't even take you to the playoffs when when Chicago was a beatable team when it came to that division and Kirk Cousins couldn't do it that's why he was my pick and I wasn't the only one to put him up there either he wins handedly this award Dangles you didn't have him on there at all no I didn't because I mean this is I, I just the, the, the Vikings were very close to making the playoffs. And yes. I understand almost all the counts and horseshoes and hand grenades and all that nonsense, but, you know, this is a team that was close. Kirk Cousins did not have a bad year by any stretch. Did he have a year worthy of the $84 million guaranteed that he got? No. No, no, absolutely not. But did he have did he have as bad a year as, like, Sam Bradford did, who they gave a bunch of I don't remember the, the contract off the top of my head. There you Sam. go. Two years, $40 million. Yes. $40 million. He was, he was my number one. Yes. Come on. He was my number one, too. Case Keenum. Yeah. He was a worse signing, if you ask me, than, than Kirk Cousins. I can't believe he didn't, Case he didn't, Keenum of was course 
Yes, you can. Because you're first. I do not understand your blind, unconditional no. love no, for no, no, Denver. No, 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 no. It has nothing. I'm going to do... buy you Denver has... gear for Christmas <laughs> next year. It has nothing year. to do with my love for Denver. It, it has does. to do with the logistics and the math of it all. Case Keenum and Sam Bradford both signed unguaranteed contracts for chump change. Arizona releasing Sam Bradford owes him nothing next year because of the contract they signed. Minnesota is on the bill for every single red penny of that contract and it did not perform this year and what happens next year if it, if they start to not perform again do they trade Kirk Cousins do they cut Kirk Cousins it might be the worst free agent move it clo- it could have closed the window for that championship team in Minnesota that's how bad this signing was if they don't strike gold with this, they have closed their window. I don't think there was anybody else that they could have brought onto this team who was going to do a Case better, jo- better job for them. Absolutely not. Case Keenum had they'd a be decent lo- year they'd be, look- they'd be looking for a new quarterback this year. Absolutely not. Case well, Keenum was a flash in the pan, one time, one year of greatness, <laughs> stepped into it. I have Kirk no idea Cousins. what happened, sort of Herculean type thing. That's never going to happen again for him. He's they, a journeyman. He's not a star. They have a chance to turn it around with Kirk Cousins. The, 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 the book's not closed on Kirk Cousins. I agree. No, absolutely 100%. not closed, but this year only, it was the worst free agent signing of the year. All right, let's move uh, on next to the up, next award. Next up, we have Defensive Player of the Year. Get into the big ones. Get into the big ones. This is a huge this one. This is a big deal. We uh, have la- Last year's champion, Aaron Donald. I we wonder have, who will win this We year. have a total of four nominees, uh, and they are. I'm getting a little antsy here, crowd. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and they are Khalil Mack. It says Oakland on here, you loon. <laughs> Listen, don't blame me. I didn't write these. And the nominees are Khalil Mack, Edge Rusher, Chicago Bears. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Darius Leonard, inside linebacker, Indianapolis Colts. Crazy that a rookie's on there. Aaron Donald, defensive tackle, Los Angeles Rams, of okay. course. Uh-huh. And Jonathan James Watt, Ooh. defensive Ooh. end for the Ooh. Houston Texans. Had himself a great year. All, yeah, all yes worthy. Yes Had did. himself a great year. All worthy. Uh, and I don't really have to open the uh, the the folder here. To, but you shut up. I don't have to open the folder here to, <laughs> to know who the winner is. It is a unanimous for a second year in a row. It is Mr. Aaron Donald. Wow. Defensive tackle wow. for the Los Angeles Rams. His fourth coastie. His fourth coastie. Unbelievable. He's an incredible player. He's a force of nature. He is a freak. People, people have never seen anything the likes of Aaron Donald before. To do what he can do as a three-technique lineman from the inside uh, defensive tackle position to lead the league in sacks, to be as disruptive a force, to break through double and triple teams. You know how many times I see like beat writers, whether they be from from the Rams or from somebody else, just tweet. You know, like they'll just they'll just tweet out a clip of Aaron Donald and say, just watch him on this play. If you have Mm -hmm. any doubts about how much he disrupts a game, how many people it takes to deal with him, Mm -hmm. how much you have to game plan for him. And it's it's just, it's it's at least once a week, I see somebody be like, watch Aaron Donald here and see if you ever doubt how much he tears a game up. Watch this clip, and this is a demonstration of it. It's incredible. Uh, It's incredible what he can do. Aaron Donald becomes, uh, he's not only... No one has ever won more than one Coastie in the history of this show, and Aaron Donald now has four of them. He is the Tom Brady of Coasties. Uh, uh, Brian, how much love does Aaron Donald deserve to be Defensive Player of the Year? Oh, Unanimous I mean, decision. I, not only does he deserve all the love, he deserves all the respect. Yeah. Because um, I don't think I've ever heard Bill Belichick say somebody's unblockable. Yeah. Uh, 
I could be wrong. I'm not the New England Patriot expert here, but that might be the most glowing yeah. <laughs> set of Review, praise yeah. from. I mean, Bel- Belichick is usually pretty deferential to other teams. He will he will say, you know, they have a good def- they have a good this that and the other thing. But you're right. He is never he never gives that much praise, not even to his player. own players. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I just I I'm very curious to see how the the mastermind that is Bill Belichick try to defend uh, Tom Brady. From yeah. the wrath yeah. of of it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot. Uh, a guy you're gonna want to watch is number seventy seven, Trent Brown. He is a monster of a human being that they signed this season, and he's been excellent in the playoffs. He's only allowed like a couple of pressures. He's been doing a great job. They're gonna have him on Aaron Donald, and that's gonna be a big matchup. Absolutely, and we will break down every one of those matchups next week on our Super Bowl special show, Rams vs. Patriots, but before we move on, let's wrap up real fast. Aaron Donald, two-time now Coastie for Defensive Player of the Year. How long do you think that this peak can last? Because he's bigger, he's stronger, he's quicker, he's more physically adept. He's also much more intelligent than people give him credit for when it comes to analyzing blocking schemes and how to break through them. The Rams have signed this guy now for a long time. How long can we expect this type of play from this guy? Well, he does not get hurt. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the crazy thing. But I think, uh, to answer your question more specifically, I, I think he will he will have a long tenure, you know, barring any unlucky. Yeah, he's pretty you know? young. Well, not just that. It's Have you ever seen him really get cleanly blocked, Mm-mm. like to the point where somebody's rolling up on him? Because one of the things that has happened a lot to, especially Detroit Lions uh, defensive tackles, uh, they take on so much that they get hurt and injured, shoulder problems, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. knee problems, things like that, because they're doing so much heavy lifting. Well, yeah. Aaron Donald doesn't get fucking blocked. You know, he's really in the doesn't. back. He's in the backfield wreaking havoc, and and he has this very awesome ability of picking people up and throwing them. You know, he doesn't he doesn't just throw himself. You know, like a rag doll at people. He he uses his strength to 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 an increased or to an incredible standard that he's able to pot body slam people Three. every time. Three of these four nominees are linemen. I think yep. that's I think that's a, that's a testament to the just the talent at the pass rushing positions yep. across the NFL. Some of the Only best one, athletes. I mean, we're not that far removed from from an NFL that was completely and totally centered around linebackers, yep. where they were the where they were the best player. Like you know, like your Ray, Ray Lewis, Lewis is yeah. Brian, exactly, exactly. And now they're sort of fewer and and more far between. And now it's it's the pass rushers. Bobby Wagner could be a, an honorable mention here. He had an incredible year at defensive uh, very defensive true player as but well. But it's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, winner of Best Los Angelino, winner of last year's Scariest Player Award and the two-time winner of Defensive Player of the Year, a four-time Coastie winner. I don't know if that's going to It might be a while before someone gets four. That's insane. But let's move on now to the 10th award of our show, the best draft pick. Now, we made this award, and uh, it, was, it was a little bit of tough time trying to figure out exactly what this meant, best draft pick. But in my mind and in some of the minds here, it meant – not only did you get the best player, but you got the best value for said player. Philip Lindsay is an undrafted free agent. That's a hell of an undrafted free agent. Absolutely the best undrafted free agent out there because of the value he got. But for best draft pick, we have four nominees, and they're an interesting. Now, Lindsay wasn't a draft pick though. Lindsay That's was why not he a draft pick. Cannot qualify for this. Uh, this so the this best award. Uh, best four draft picks are Derwin James, Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Darius Leonard, Indianapolis Colts. Baker Mayfield, number one overall, Cleveland Browns. And then Carrion Johnson, the Detroit Lions. I didn't even pick that up. 
I don't know. We'll talk about who did. And the winner is, for the second time today, Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts. A second-round pick, a linebacker, a defensive player, is the best draft pick of this year. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Nobody saw it coming. Truly. No. I mean, when you, you looked at people's analysis of him, uh, analysis of the Indianapolis Colts draft class, yeah. not a single person had much to say about this unknown commodity coming out of South Carolina State, uh, middle of the second round. Uh, there, you you got to remember, there were probably about five or six, maybe close to ten linebackers selected before him. Yeah. This was not a guy who people had had a lot to say other than good athlete but has a lot to learn. Um, well, guess what? He learned a lot. He learned a lot and learned it fast. Indianapolis now taking home their fifth Coastie this year. Fifth. Do we rank Indy a little bit too high in our Coastie drawings? Because that's five awards out of the 12 going to Indianapolis. I mean, I, again, I think it speaks to the season they Consensus. had. If, if, yeah. we, if we had a best GM award, I'd give mine to Chris Ballard. Yeah. I think he did the best job with a team that nobody expected to be. I don't, I don't think a lot of people were talking about the Colts. I think we were talking about the, the, the Jaguars and the Texans coming into this season as the, the, the teams to watch. Even the Titans probably made it before the Indianapolis Colts did. Yep. Uh, and, and the Colts ended up being your division champs. And so, think hey. about and think about what they I'm did. Sorry, that's not true. Close. They were wild card. They Pretty were close. close. They were but close but think about what they did. They hit on all levels: free agency, yep, in-house talent, yep, and drafting and coaching. And coaching, yeah, they they hit it all. That's man. They pretty. Really all. That's that's the that's the that's the royal flush the right future there. Future is bright. Darius Leonard becomes the second player ever to get two Coasties, and he gets two in the same year. Aaron Donald and Darius Leonard are your leaders on the Coastie Awards. Let's move on to the second to last award. Brian, hit it. Next, we have worst player of the year. This is my favorite new award. This means this who was the worst player in the NFL in the year of 2018? Who was the god awful just absolute worst player? We had a lot of nominees and I'm excited to hear their the cases for all of them, but let's hear what we got. These are great names. First we have Eric Flowers. Oh. <laughs> offensive tackle the New York Giants. <laughs> That's a good start. That's a good start. Next we have Earl Thomas, Seattle Seahawks. Oh wow. Wow. Wow, I want somebody to explain that one to me. Next, we've got Vontae Davis, Buffalo. <laughs> absolutely, I know. I, I know who picked. I know who picked uh, Earl Thomas. That was uh, Tony. I absolutely forgot about this guy. I wish I had that one back. I know. Who ne- he retired at halftime. Yeah. yeah. Oh keep going, boy. Keep going. Next is Nathan Peterman, Buffalo quarterback. Annual and annual nominee yeah. for worst NFL Poor player, guy. maybe of all time. Yeah. Next, we've got Eli Manning, New York Giants quarterback. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Oh, this name. Next, we have Jameis Winston, quarterback, uh, Tampa Bay. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. And last, but definitely not least, he's actually walking up to the stage right now with a pizza box and a joint in his mouth. It's Paxton Lynch. Hey, of the Paxton. Paxton Lynch. Formerly Denver Bronco, now a Seattle Seahawks. This audience, getting, Seattle this audience getting restless. Wow. Wow, a and, co- uh, what a what a wonderful list of names there. And the winner of this illustrious award, first ever worst player of the NFL, <laughs> is first first one ever. It had to go to him. It had to. <sighs> Disappointed. Nathan fucking Peterman. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I you know what? Truthfully, I didn't I didn't select Nathan <laughs> Peterman. Yeah. Um, still wouldn't put him up there. 
Vontae Davis should have been the winner of this award. Oh, he was up there. Believe me, he was up there. It's never happened. It'll no. never happen again. <laughs> no. And and truly how it's it, it died tells you how much little fucks everybody gives. Let's I was the only one to put Vontae Davis on my ballot, and he was my first overall pick on my ballot because for a man to, to at halftime look at his jersey, look at himself in the mirror and go, Nah, I'm good. And but, leave. But the, Retire but the fact and that leave. he left after the game where he got his ma- massive bonus. Yeah. Like, yes. sh- shitty shitty player and a shitty teammate and a shitty person. He got a roster bonus and then dipped out at halftime. <laughs> Deuces, I'm retiring, never paid to be heard for, from paid again. Paid for his kid's college and uh, ended his NFL career all in one fell swoop. Let's, let's, let's listen to Nathan Peterman's stat line for this year. Oh, yeah. Just, just so that we Please. understand Please. how bad it was. Yeah. And this is a man who was named the starter. Uh, for this team of an NFL team NFL team he played in four games he started two of them he completed 44 of his 81 passes that's good for 54.3 percent completion above half above half for 296 yards he averaged 3.7 yards per pass time out 296 yards total Total on eighty-one passes. On eighty-one passes. Just total three point. That's three point seven yards a pass. So uh, say that number again. So again, so 44 completions on 81 attempts. 54.3% 54.3% completion, 296 yards. For uh, 3.7 yards a pass. So do you guys realize that uh, Jared Goff, the man who gets, you know, he gets a lot of shit on him for not being the quarterback. You know, he's not Tom Brady, not Pat Mahomes. He had 297 yards in the NFC Championship game. Okay, keep going. <laughs> uh, well, the only other two that really matter are uh, uh, his one touchdown, seven interceptions, oh, and 30.7 quarterback rating. Oh, my God. So you're telling me. He, he was sacked threw... seven times for 34 yards. Listen, Nathan Peterman, I, I feel bad for him. I feel like, you know, he's he's got to be depressed wherever he is right now. Him and Jeff Fisher probably on that same canoe out in the middle he's, of Montana. You know he's on a team. Nathan Peterman is? He is on Oakland. The Oakland Raiders have him on their roster. You know who else they have who's also on this list? A.J. F- M- McCarron. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite player ever, Brian. So seriously, it's so though, disappointing. I, I think I think it's so uh, uh, it's it's it, it's just right that Nathan Peterman is the first one to win this award because for the past two seasons of this podcast, he's been the worst player in the NFL, and I think it's rightful that he is the first one to win. In the this most one. prominent of positions, can I ask you guys where, if at all, you had Eric Flowers? He had Dangles had Eric Flowers. I did not. I had him as my. I was my one. third. He was yeah. my number one. Tell you the truth, I completely forgot Eric yeah. Flowers existed. He, I mean, if for all the people listening out there, I had to do a little research because I was like Eric Flowers. I, re- I I heard a little bit. You know what he 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 got picked up by Tom Coughlin and the. Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars. And he's just eating up cap space. And he got he got benched after two starts because yep. he was so bad. Yes. It was so bad. Yes. This guy is technically, by definition, if you look up on every New York City publication, he is the biggest draft bust in New York Giants history. He was like 10th overall. He was he, number nine. Nine overall. Number yeah. nine overall. And he was the number one tackle almost coming out of that year. That is a sad, sad career no it's not good it's not good folks uh i did have earl thomas on my list as Why? my third guy because uh it was kind of the, like the that, middle finger it was kind of like that jimmy butler situation did Listen, you have Jameis? no i did not you had Jameis. yeah but how could you not have Jameis with that and, and but have earl with that with that with that philosophy because did did uh, tampa bay 
when Jameis went down. Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and had a spark for a little bit, but they never became a playoff team. As soon as Earl Thomas went down and left that team forever, and that team, again, I was harping on them more than anything, that is the worst team, Pete Carroll should get fired, blah, blah, blah. As soon as Earl Thomas left the building, that team rallied around themselves and became one of the hottest teams at the end of the year and found themselves in the playoffs. I think Earl Earl Thomas became kind of a Jimmy Butler situation from the NBA where he forcibly tried to ruin his team's chances because he wanted out of the building. And so for me, you cannot be that much of a diva and that much of a a bad egg in your locker room and not be considered for worst player in the NFL. So that's my answer. Gotcha. But hey, congratulations, Nathan. Hopefully we see you back sometime. Now we got to do the final award of the year. Uh, This is a big one, obviously. The number one, the big kahuna. Who wins the final award, Diggity? It's, uh, of course, most valuable player. Big one. Uh, and Big one. Uh, it's going to be hard not to give this to a quarterback did, this year. Did you figure out, uh, who, can you remember who won last year? Unanimously? Uh, unanimously. It, it would have had to be Tom Brady, wouldn't it? Timmy Tom Brady. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he Tom ended up winning Brady. the actual MVP award. Uh, so we were right. Yep. Uh, so and who we got winning The nominees this year? this year for NFL Most Valuable Player Big one. are. Big one. Patrick Mahomes the second quarterback, Oof. Kansas City Chiefs. Tough to beat. Drew Brees, Oof. quarterback, New Orleans Saints. Oof. Andrew Luck, Oof. quarterback, Indianapolis Colts. Uh-huh. Philip Rivers, quarterback and father of nine for the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> and how can we forget Aaron Donald, oh, the no animal way. himself. Defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. When when other people hear Aaron Donald's name in the nominations, they get scared because all that guy does is win Coasties. All he does is win Coasties. Who is it? And the winner of the Most Valuable Player Coastie for 2018 is unanimously Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Deservedly so. Our second in a row unanimous most valuable player Tom Brady last year Pat Mahomes this year I mean over 5,000 yards over 50 touchdowns in his first year on the job take a bow it's really hard to I mean any questions like 50 50 touchdowns no 5,000 yards just give the man just give the man the award this this wasn't it wasn't like it was though it was unanimous it wasn't a landslide at least not for me Drew Brees is a very very close second here mm-hmm. like you know don't get me wrong what Patrick Mahomes did and you know his second year is is great he's gonna have a lot of opportunities to win MVP award I almost gave it to Drew Brees just because I think he is the best player on the best team in the NFL, pro- overall the best team in the NFL, and maybe maybe there's a little bit of sentiment to it since he's an older dude and he broke the all-time I, passing record this I, year. I, I, I just couldn't. think you know, I mean, but Patrick Mahomes, but I again, unless you hate greatness and awarding it, yeah, like you can't not give this award. Ultimate and ultimately, that's what I that's what pushed me over the edge. It's just like there's no arguing with the season Mahomes did, the way he dazzled, the way he he extended plays and made these twisting throws and yeah. and threw with his left hand. And just did things that we never thought of previously the quarterback could do. Yeah, I, I I couldn't disagree more on the not being a landslide. I think there's an absolute landslide for Pat Mahomes. I love what Drew Brees did, but that team made the playoffs and was a step away from the cha- uh, NFC Championship game last year. They just redid everything this year and was as exactly well, good depending as they on who you been. ask, they probably should be in the Super Bowl yes, this uh, year. They, they they very well have a case for that. Pat Mahomes, however, went from Alex Smith to Pat Mahomes, first time playing in the NFL. That cannot be un- uh, overstated enough. First time playing legit games in the NFL, and that team 
got so much farther than they ever would have with the team of the past. Same system, same group around him, and Pat Mahomes just proved to be that much better than Alex Smith and took that team to new heights, heights never seen before. Do you think? Do you think that? I mean, I don't know. The other, the other thing for me is I think the Drew Brees could probably have done what he did with just about any cast around him, and I don't know that Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. Oh, and Travis uh, Kelsey. I don't know. I think that kid has so I don't, much around I him. Don't, I don't know that Patrick Mahomes— magic. Tyreek Hill is such a weapon, how fast of he course. is and how open he gets and what he allows so Mahomes to do. Yeah, but it's not quite the same, I don't think. I think the difference for me has to be the fact that Drew Brees had some rough games this year. What were some of the worst games Pat Mahomes played? I don't think there was one. I mean, yeah, he made mistakes, but it never sure. it never affected him. I think he always threw more touchdowns than interceptions. Yes, he always th- threw his team into wins. Yeah. He th- threw his team into contention if they w- if they weren't winning. I mean, the games against the Patriots, uh, the games against the Rams. The I mean, Rams all, game was unbelievable. I mean that that's next to nothing like yeah. nothing I've ever seen. And again, you can't. He's pretty much a rookie to be doing this as a rookie. And I think to your earlier comment about Drew having the cast around him. I, I really was impressed at how Pat Mahomes even leveled up once they lost Hunt. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, to lose that guy, the leading rusher of the and league. And they had zero defense. Yeah. Zero defense. Yeah. And somehow this guy never stopped. Every he game never was stopped. on his shoulders. There was no, uh, Drew Brees won a lot of games where he threw just under 200 passes. Yeah. Passes. That never happened for Pat. Mm-hmm. It was Pat Mahomes no, every no, time. No, no, again, I, I, agree that, I agree that Patrick Mahomes is ultimately the deserving, and I think he wins it in real life, too. But I, I, I just I, I don't think we can say, I, I don't, for me, it wasn't a landslide. I think Drew Brees is very much in that conversation. I think if you reverse, throw, throw Pat Mahomes on New Orleans. Unbelievable. How I mean, that would be just unbelievable yeah. next level stuff. Yeah. Like that that's video game shit right there. If that's it, what he is to me, is he's a walking video game. Pat Mahomes is ridiculous. But you throw him on a team with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and and Ingram, you know what I mean? Like yep. with a defense defense decent defensive line and a and a defense to boot. Yeah. Oh, and, and a you know, special teams that just doesn't stop. I mean, they they would be they'd be world beaters. They'd be world beaters. But that is it for the second Annual Left Coasters Award. The Coasties. Uh, all the awards have been given out. Pat Mahomes going home with the big trophy as the unanimous MVP. Aaron Donald, again, most co- more Coasties than anyone else has ever had before. In Indianapolis, big winner on the night. Team of the night. Five oh, yeah. Coasties going home with Indianapolis. Boys, I think we did a good job. I think that was a fun time, and I think next week is going to be even better. That's right. It's our Super Bowl special. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for you. Our hometown. I got a whole segment on prop bets that I'll be betting, and you too should take them home because your boy is hot right now when it comes to prop bets. Also, my dad, Mr. Cavallo, is calling in for the third straight year as his team, the New England Patriots, are in their third straight Super Bowl. I think this podcast is a lucky charm for your Patriots, uh, Dangles. Must be. I don't I don't hate it. Or or uh, so is Nick Saban losing national championship games, for the record. The Patriots have never won a Super Bowl in a year that Nick Saban has won a national championship game. That's, Let that's that sink in for stat. a minute. That's an odd stat. Tom Brady in his ninth Super Bowl. We'll be breaking it down the only way we know how, and that's the best way this side of the Mississippi. You're listening to the Left Coast's podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. We thank you for listening. Can't wait to see you next week. The Big Kahuna. And hey, boys, we don't have to say a playoff ramen anymore. We're saying a big old hearty Super Bowl-worthy ramen.
Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.